Oopsie. Oops. Now you can pair it. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Come on. That was a good that was a good start. No. Nah. Yeah. Nah. nah. Okay, do you want me to do the high mountain jerky thing this week? Let me do it. Okay, can you do it good? The fuck are you talking about, dude? Can I do it good? <laughs> All right, go ahead, man. Be, it, All right, let dude, me tell you, on, it's man. gonna be pretty hard to do it better than both of you. Yeah, oh, dude, I crushed. Mine was like one second. Hi, hey guys. H i m whatever. Blah blah blah. And it was done. It was over. Hey guys, this is Joey Vasallo with Midwest Flyways Uncensored. I've also got Connor Olsett and Cal Ness with me. I just wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by High Mountain Seasonings. They make some bomb-ass seasonings, and it tastes so good to go with any sort of meat or veggies that you're cooking. Go when you check go- them out at highmountainseasonings.com. That's H- the wrong link, though. So H- check well, no, out. no, it's H-I- no, it's jerky.com, not yep. Oh, seasoning. yep, yep, yep. H-I-M-T-N, so it's stop. H-I-M-T-N jerky.com. Boom. Let's go. Okay. Hey, guys. <laughs> when you say, Why are you, you doing this, bro? <laughs> what? Yeah. Sorry. So, when you, when you started it... And uh, and you go, hey guys, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me yeah. so much of the triumph from you oh. <laughs> with your sideways hat. Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, yeah, that's awesome. Hey guys, oh yeah, and all the outtakes that had to do with that. Okay, so yeah. I know you really want this to be the start of the podcast, but it's not going to be. It is going to be. Let's just do it. Screw it. Let's start. Let's go. We're doing Who it cares, live. Man? Yeah, we're doing it live. So whatever. Connor refuses to use the F words. So. <sighs> yeah. He's just uncomfortable. What? <laughs> bleep. We'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, ready? You do it and then I'll bleep you out. You can say the F bomb right now. Go oh, ready? yeah. Here we go. <laughs> ready? I'm and good. I'm good. I'll go. Eh, like We're that. doing it live. Okay. That's, We're good. That's, that's whatever. Joey, let's just get right into it, dude. Let's Thank just start God. talking about bird hunting right now. All right. So. That's a terrible start. Let's start We've over. Had, well, All right, Joey, let's just get right into it. Let's start talking about bird hunting right now. Go. <laughs> it's been a slow last couple of weeks. Yeah, it has been. For me. In Minnesota, that's where we are. It's been slow. I know a lot of people have been crushing all over the state, but it's it's few and far between. Yeah. Have you seen what Nick Johnson's been doing on his Snapchat? Of like the uh, migration no. report for migrating geese? Yeah, I did see that. It's pretty cool. So... He's been, we've been talking back and forth, and what that's come to is we've just had our first big push of geese into the metro in Minnesota, and I was hunting with my buddy from Ireland, who's in town, and he was saying, oh, well, hey, Mike, if we could... That's not how they talk. Don't be Australian. Well... (laughs) Try it over, dude. Irish, bro. All I know is how they say the C word. Irish. It's kind of weird. Lot. All you got to think about is Conor McGregor. And then you're golden. It's okay. So, anyway, I didn't think we were going to see that many geese. I left the spread from the day before. It was a Monday or a Tuesday. Yeah, because you was don't Monday. have a job, so you well, just do whatever you want. I just, you know, whatever. Just blow it off. <laughs> it was Monday afternoon. We got out there at like 3 o'clock, and birds were pushing hard until sunset. And we probably saw about 400-plus migrating geese. Yep. So, so our season started really good, though, and we had a great hash this year. So we had a lot of birds in the area. So like early season was really fun. Goose or uh, duck opener. We had a lot of birds that time, and then it slowed down a little. Then we got a cold push. And there's been water everywhere. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. I don't know yeah. how many people listen from outside of Minnesota, but we have had so much rain. I think it was 38 inches in two months yeah. of rain. It's just nuts. something ridiculous. So what that does for us here in Minnesota is there's a lot of flooded fields. Farmers are stressed out of their minds because they can't get their crops out. And if they even try to get their crops out, they're going to get them stuck. And their equipment's going to break and whatever. And what it does to the birds is it spreads out the birds. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a flooded bean field over here that will be holding 100 mallards. And then you'll have a flooded corn field over there that no one knows about that, you know, you can't get permission on regardless. And you don't even know how to get in Just there. dump or, in yeah, there. The crazy, to, yeah, the craziest part, too, is the pockets inside of those cornfields that are like a mile off the road and it's like a 30 by 30 hole and you're just watching birds dump into what just appears to be a cornfield like full standing corn well it would be really cool is if we could use drones 
to go and scout for birds, but that's technically illegal. Good old drones. Yep. So if, for those of you who don't know, drones became very, very popular about, what, six years ago? Yeah. I mean, they've been slowly growing. They've been slowly growing for six years, let's just say. Yep. And if you don't know what a drone is, dude, dude, then what are you doing? Yeah, dude. So <laughs> Cal loves to say, dude. So you cannot use... Drones for drones hunting. for hunting. So, like, say you're shooting and you want to get an aerial shot of you shooting at birds. It's illegal. You can't use a boat to stir up birds or aircraft, watercraft to stir up birds while you're hunting. And then I was told by a game warden that you cannot use drones to scout for birds because it could be technically considered messing with the birds. So, just like if you let's just say you're hunting from a water spot. And there's a raft of divers sitting in the middle of the lake. I can't take my boat, go scare them off the water, and scare them towards you guys. So it's essentially the same thing with the but drone. But it's okay for 10 guys to walk through the woods towards another guy with a gun and scare a deer towards you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that is kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah. They could fly and go anywhere in the world, and a deer can only go one direction in order to not get shot. Dude, yeah, but it, even more so, they're not worried about, like, the people getting shot. I mean, uh, a guy's on the other end with a yeah. gun. I mean, when we Blaze when I've done that, that's so sketch. Like, I'm not about it. I won't do it. No. No way. No, I'm never doing that again. So, I I feel like I've just mentioned Nick Johnson so many times on this podcast, but him, Who's Isaac, Cal's, Cal's brother, and I were hunting out in western Minnesota, and... Nick's like, well, you got the baby face. You got to go and ask for permission. So, <laughs> And this area, there's it's another story for another time, but it's really hard to get permission in that area because of what the DNR is doing with the waterways out there. So Nick goes, Joey, you go and get permission. So I go and walk up to this guy. He's wearing all orange. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I go and walk up to him. He goes, I wouldn't stand there if I were you. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they're trying to push a deer towards me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Well, you want me to make some noise? And he's like, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, make as much noise as you want. And so start like jumping around and yelling, and he starts laughing, and he's like, so what are you here for? I'm like, well, you know, this you got a- this field back there with a shitload of ducks and geese in it, and it's flooded corn that was combined already, and I was wondering if you wouldn't mind me hunting. And he goes, nope. I'm like, oh, really? You got someone hunting it already? He goes, no. It's just, you know, talk to your governor about it. Talk to your governor about it. And every single person I asked for permission for – from in that two-day stint all told me that same exact thing i'm like well what's up with this and he goes finally one guy was cutting up a deer and i'm like he's like i don't give permission out and i was like well you know can i help you clean the deer he's like sure and it smelled awful i hate cleaning deer and (laughs) he's like yeah so a while back they passed this ordinance where they can where we have to plant a certain amount of cattails or water yep. plants, plants that stop the water. Aquatic from, plants or whatever, yeah. Well, they keep the water from draining. So when they have runoff in their fields, it keeps yeah. it from getting all the chemicals into the main waterways. Yeah. Like erosion control and... Erosion and chemical Like control. runoff control. Yep. And so they get subsidies for it, apparently, is what a DNR officer told me, and so he doesn't know why they're quote-unquote bitching about it. But uh, So because of that, they're not going to let hunters hunt on their land, even if they lease it out there, supposedly, until the governor or mayor or whatever municipality gets that law out of control or stops that law from being in effect. I don't really understand why they're upset about it. Oh, it's less farmland for them to farm. It's less of a profit. But how much is it really cutting in? Like, how much is it really? So what the DNR officer told me, but he's obviously biased. So like, say, a section of land. I think it's 180 acres or 90 acres. I can't remember. What is the section? I don't know. So let's just say 90 acres. So in 90 acres, if they have water running through their property, it'll cut out an acre and a half. Gotcha. But they're given subsidies for growing certain crops and for losing that land. So I don't know why they're freaking out, but yeah, I don't know. know. But I personally don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to act like I do and say they're wrong or the DNR is wrong. I don't know. But all I know is that I'm pissed that I can't get on any of that land out there because it's amazing. So here's the thing. And a the section, I just looked. A section is 640 acres. 
So if a farmer has to plant an acre per 640 acres of erosion control plants and they're getting money back from the government... Uh, mm-hmm. They're penny pinchers. I mean, I don't want to be a dick because well, would I know you there's like a lot of great farmers out there that are upset about it, and they're they're great people. So I'm sure there's like something, but I mean, well, how would you feel if the government came onto your land and said you had to do something a certain way? I know I'd be pissed. I know I'd be pissed. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, care. they do that all the time, though. <laughs> I mean, they tell us what we can and can't put on our well, properties but this all is, the time. This is the situation that they're dealing with currently, so they're obviously very upset by it, a.k.a. they're trying to change it any way they can, a.k.a. not letting hunters ever go on their land anymore, whereas before they'd let people go on their land all the time. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, like, you can only build a certain square footage extra building on your property anywhere you live. They're going to control all that. So if a farmer wants to put another barn, they have to get permits. So it's like... I mean, I kind of understand. At the same time, though, too, it's really a benefit to everybody. I mean, they're trying to control how much chemical runoff, and the farmers are the ones that are putting the chemicals in the fields. So it's kind of their responsibility, right? I'm going to stay out of that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't want to sound like a dick. Joey because, sips like his said, beer. <laughs> there's a lot of great farmers out there that are upset about it. And I understand, you know, so I'm sure everybody has their opinion. I'm just simply saying... You know, the land that's out there is getting chemicals put on it by these people, and the government is trying to do something about the runoff of these chemicals that is affecting, obviously, our environment. I know absolutely nothing about this subject, so I have nothing to add. But, have you guys been hunting this last week? I was gone, so I, don't, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, it's... I've been a fun little day Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we did. We took our buddy Nathaniel out. For yeah, the first time. I saw the picture. He had no yeah. camo on. Is that because he took it off, or yeah, he took it took off? It yeah. Off. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he took it off. Yeah, we uh, we went out on a private little lake. We have permission on. Joey has permission on, and uh, it's not like we crushed. I mean, we went out and shot six ducks and five ducks, seven. Shot seven ducks. Yeah. No, we shot six because we had a picture at the end. It was five, and we couldn't find the one merganser. Yeah, you're right. So it was six ducks and one well, goose. But it was sweet. Three of them were mergansers, so it's... Did you, oops. <laughs> did you interrupt me, dude? <laughs> Sorry. Three of them were mergansers, so technically they don't count towards your duck limit. So we shot two ringers and a nice drake mallard and three mergansers lost one of the mergansers, which yeah. I'm not crying about. Yeah, I'm not upset totally about it. Did uh, you have fun? We had a great time. Yeah. Is Nathaniel a, a waterfowl hunter from here on out? He texted me last night and asked if we were going out Saturday and if he could come with us. Hey. Mm. So did you I guys provide the it. gun or did he provide the gun? We provided the gun. We provided everything. What about the ammo? We provided everything. Or oh you you guys he literally had nothing. Nothing. I asked him like I called him the night before and I was like, Do you even have anything like brown or green? Did he have any gloves? He had <laughs> gray like gray regular winter gloves, yeah. Okay. He didn't have anything, yeah. So we outfitted him, we put him we gave him a gun, gave him ammo, all that stuff, whatever. And it was Matt's our good buddy Matt's um first time going out since opener. He's yep. freshly married and he just moved into a new house. He's about to have a baby. He's about to have a baby girl. And so he's just been so busy, he's like, Hey guys, can you can you take me out hunting? We're like, Of course. Yeah, so. he's like, I need to get out. The highlight of that hunt for me, though, man, was it was cloudy all morning. It was supposed to be sunny all morning. That's so weird that the weatherman was wrong. <laughs> that is just, it just blows my mind that the weatherman is not good at his job. How do you have a degree in meteorology and you are wrong every fucking day? Every day. It's the only job where you just have to show up, man. Hey, guys, uh, I think I'll just say it's going to be kind of cloudy today. <laughs> Dude, Walmart greeters get fired more than meteorologists. <sighs> mm. So my favorite part of that hunt was when we worked that mallard in so hard. So this one Drake mallard, Connor wasn't there, so I'm going to explain the whole story to Connor. So oh, please do. We put panel blinds in the boat, tucked the boat into the reeds. We had a perfect wind quartering over our right shoulder, so it was a west it was a west wind, so we were looking into the sun a little bit, but I'll take looking into the sun versus having a crosswind 
you know, especially if we're only going to be hunting for a couple hours. So Cal scouted it the night before and said there was about 300 ducks between divers and mallards. And then were there geese when you no were No geese when I was there. Okay. This lake historically holds geese. It's surprisingly not a roost, which I always thought it was. So I thought, so I always tried to keep the hunting there to a minimum, but this one mallard came out of nowhere. We didn't see him fast enough. And so we started hitting him on the corners. He was kind of interested, kind of not. We lost our wind at that point. So we were probably at like three miles an hour. And then he's leaving. And then I hit him with a really loud bark. And the thing just kind of trickles back and forth, back and forth. And then hit him with a Cajun squeal. And he lights up right in front of us. And we all shot into him. And that was Nathaniel. Like Nathaniel was just freaking out. He's like, I cannot believe that that thing just came in like that because you guys were calling. And that's, you know, one greenhead it's doing it head. perfect is perfect for me. Like yeah, that, yeah. that makes a hunt for me. Mm-hmm. So, and then we water swatted some divers and some dancers <laughs> and then we pass shot at a flock of geese flying by. It was so. a fun little hunt. It's always fun to get new people out, especially like people that you've been really good friends with for a long time that don't duck and goose hunt and just get them out. It's really sweet. Right. Well, and I've said this before. Ever since I got really serious into goose hunting, because I used to party quite a bit. Used to go out and get drunk on the weekends, of course, because I was a hood rat. And <laughs> and then uh, once I got really into duck hunting, I stopped seeing all my friends that I would party with, and they're like, Joey, where'd you go? Like, what happened to you? I'm like, well, I'm, I've just been duck hunting. And they're like, that's all you do. And I'm like, yeah. So having those friends come out and hunt with me and seeing, like, why I'm so obsessed with this shit, is a lot of fun for me. And that you've continued it on past their partying stage. Oh, of course, yeah. Because Nathaniel's yeah. not a partier, so anymore. No. It never really was. Never was. But well, yeah, anybody that But would've. I would miss important soccer games growing up because I was hunting with my dad on those weekends and shit like that. Right. So Yeah. And then most of those people never come out again. <laughs> a lot of people don't. I mean, especially the people that like to go out and party still. It's really hard to it's hard to party and then get up at 4 a.m. to go hunt. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Daddy needs his eight hours of sleep. So if you're listening to this and you're at a point in your life where you're looking for a change, just go try, hunting. Try hunting. Or open the King James Version. That's a good that's a good one too. <laughs> hey, that will you change your life, Jesus, dude. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Changes mine all the time. Depends on who thou is. Everybody here is so tired. Yeah. I'm delirious. Yes. I'm delirious, so, but that's... Cal's about to fall asleep in his seat. Yeah, and I have to drive so far home. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, it's 35 minutes. It's not that bad. I okay. got it. It isn't that bad. But then, but then Connor's like, oh, yeah, let's. you guys can come early. And I wanted to come at 5.30, and then he's like at 4.55. Hey, dude, yeah, you guys can come at 5.30. Oh, whoops, I already made plans, dude. Okay, then come at 8. <laughs> I oh, have... Okay. I had a day. And then he texted me day at 6.45. Oh, I'm home now. Can I tell you about my day? Oh, perfect. Hey, yeah, dude, dude, okay, yeah, tell dude, <laughs> can I tell you about my day? <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Keep it short. Yeah, keep it short, man. I, we need to talk more birds. My dog, my, she, you know, she has something to do with birds, right? She gets them for me. Anyway, um, she got out of my yard and my neighbor four doors down gave me a call because her phone, my phone number is on her collar. And so the entire day I spent trying to Jimmy rigged some kind of electrical fence system on my st- standard fence so that she can't get out. I am uh, nowhere closer than I was earlier today. So she'll be fine, man. And then she puked in my car because she ate some sunflower <laughs> seeds of some sort that when she was out. Yikes. So my car smells like dog puke. All the windows are down currently. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, good. oh, that's so great. And so we got, we got a push of birds like this week. Been seeing a lot of geese. A lot of geese. A lot of geese. And then we had a weird influx of mallards out of nowhere. It's been kind of weird, though, because all the birds that show up, it just seems like they're here, and then they're just, like, gone. Yeah, yeah. I see that a lot on my drive. I'm sure you don't. From here to Ridgedale Mall <laughs> and back. Perfect. That's about it. You upset me. <laughs> so Connor they, does uh, a lot of scouting. Nah. Mm. I, I will point out, you guys went on a pretty stellar hunt last weekend. And there was absolutely no content <laughs> that came from said hunt. I don't know, man. Did you see my Instagram page? 
I saw a picture of Nathaniel in a black jacket holding a picture. Yep. Or holding and then there was duck. also me sitting on the front of my boat looking like an absolute fucking yeah. Did hobo. you like that picture? <laughs> did you like that photo? Did you like Scott's comment on it? What did it's, what did you said? not see Scott's I comment? I think I did, but I don't remember. Because I, I had a jewel in my mouth, and I said I'd really oh, like I did see that push one. a birds, and then Scott goes, maybe if you smoked a real dart, they'd come. <laughs> I <laughs> did like, see that one. 20 people liked it. That's funny. <laughs> that yep. shit made me laugh. Yeah. So, um, we took yeah. a poll last week on Instagram about what we wanted, what you guys wanted to hear us talk about on the podcast, and we got some really cool stuff on there. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, one of them being, let's see, Ben Fournier put like 30 things on there that okay. were just super annoying, like how to eat a shitty merganser, why do people shoot divers. How many beers Joey? Yeah. How many beers can Joey drink till he pees his pants? It's two. I piss my pants frequently. Priss my pants. Yeah, I priss my pants. And yeah. No, actually you hold your liquor pretty well. Yeah, no, I do. Ooh, actually. Yeah, like like that day we were almost canoeing. too well. We're not gonna talk. No, about I can't that. tell the canoe story. That'll take too long. Yeah, I will. Hey, you're you're drinking your bush light from last time, aren't you? My lattes. Yeah. yeah. Your bush light because it, it was lukewarm and I put it in the fridge for you. Mm-hmm. It's been there ever since. Just waiting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so can you bring up a topic we can talk about? Or? Yeah. So the first one was by Miller underscore Hunt and Photo said layout blinds versus panels. And my by response. By the way, don't announce everybody because it's going to like. This next caller is Miller from Arkansas, Nebraska. I don't know. Miller says. Come on, dude. It kind of it kind of like brings everyone together. It makes us like kind of a community. Okay, you know. So Just, yeah, they want to be they want to be mentioned. Exactly. Layout Hopefully. blinds versus panel blinds. So obviously, there's a time and a place for, for both. each one. And layout blinds, I don't know. I'll use them all the way up until it gets cold. And I, then yeah, I'm gonna use panel mind. blinds. I don't even. I mean, I'll do whatever we have to do. So, if layout blinds are what we can hunt, and it's cold, we're hunting layout blinds. But I would say, anytime you can hunt a panel blind successfully, it's gonna be a lot more comfortable. It's just a better experience, in my opinion. Well, and then there's crazy people who put layout blinds or uh, panel blinds right in the middle of the field, and it's like, I just feel like. 60% of the birds that are going to that field are going to say, nah. You know, and then the 40% that do come in successfully have never been to that field. That's my thought process on it's it. It's weird, though, because obviously we did that in foul feather. Remember we went in foul right. feathers and did that, and we were like, this is not weird. Like, this is weird. But it was fine. I mean, it didn't. But think about how many birds we saw that day, and then think about how many decoyed. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't a ton. Right. So out of, like, let's just say what 2000 we saw 2000 ducks and geese total mainly geese yeah mainly geese but i mean there was a shitload of geese mm-hmm. and they and they were when we were trying to get them as close as we could for the camera like we could have taken a multitude of shots at 35 40 yards yeah and didn't. it was also kind of confused on who was calling the shot right but we didn't so like all the birds that we did shoot that day were in the decoys except for that one shot that you got of us popping out of the blind and taking that pop shot at those two but, um, and they used A-frames, yeah, which are cool, too. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah, it is. It's essentially, yeah. Same thing. Um, I like panel blinds and A-frames because I can film yeah. in them. Right. Well, right. and you can use a heater in them. That's the Layouts. big one. And that's why I said in the winter. So, like, dive bombs coming out to my cabin this weekend. Or not this current weekend, but the next weekend. And we're going to be hunting out of panels the whole time because it's going to be in the teens for the temperature. Oy. And there's going to be a couple... You're going to be filming. They're going to be filming. And it's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. So I want to I wanna be warm. And they're probably going to be all day sits because we don't live out there. And we don't, we're only going to be scouting for one day ahead of time. Yep. So obviously we have we do have a buddy out there that'll scout for us before we get there. But then yeah, Joey and I will be out there on Thursday night. We'll yeah, scout Isaac, all day Friday. Isaac Hills is the shit. So, for sure. Um, but yeah, but, he bought but a we're hat. super we're super excited for that. We're super excited to get out there with those guys. It's always interesting too when we have like people hunt with us or especially like hunting on a sponsored video or whatever it is, just because it sort of adds this element of pressure. 
to get it done. Yeah, to like really get it done. And obviously anyone who hunts a lot knows. I mean, sometimes it just don't happen. Pressure's on. Yeah. Pressure's Tough. on. Sometimes it don't happen. One of the other one of the other questions and this filters into what we were just talking about. It was from the same guy, Big Owls versus Dive Bombs. Um, you know, dive bombs because they look better and I j- I love their philosophy of how they do things as a company and then they also have flocked silhouettes and they also have so many different products that work so well and there was so much product testing that went into it it's just they're a newer company and I really like the guys who are a part of that company and I just love their product man so I like their logo I do like their logo I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now and the little car that they have the big car the Sherp. Oh, the Sherp. The Sherp. That's oh crazy. God. The Sherp is No, so I cool. think, I do think personally that they look better. I would, that's just my opinion. I think they look better but, too. I mean, I'm not, it, yeah. At the end of the day, you're hunting souls, you're hunting souls. They hold up to the test. For sure. They bring the birds in. Yeah, anyone who says you can't shoot birds over silos, just never hunted silos. Yeah, but you know what really helps shooting birds over silos? Having call, calling power. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my yeah, you gosh. yeah. It's it is it is important. This but I mean, literally, geese have landed and in, in spreads of sills we have, and just walk around. Like it's not, it's not like they get there, they sit down, and then they're like, oh, they realize something's wrong. They're right? Very yeah, thin. I mean, they're comfortable. Hello. They're comfortable, man. What diet are you on? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, did I? I don't know if I told this story on the podcast, but I recently got a new field of permission by where I have permission on elsewhere as well and she goes oh you want to put goose decoys in my sheep pasture it's 50 yards wide by 100 yards long and i was like yeah she goes there's never been a goose that's landed there and i was like i know but there's geese that traffic over your field and if i have enough decoys out and i call a certain way they're gonna come in she goes no they're not <laughs> i go i i bet you Whatever you want. And she's like, well, how about a case of beer? What do you drink? I was like, bush light. She's like, okay, you got to get me a thing of White Claws. <laughs> if I, you know, if you don't land any, ge- if you don't kill any geese today, I was like, deal. So then little did I know she was drinking on her porch watching me like six, 600 yards away, maybe. I don't know. Like, you it's can't a- just pull the one out of your truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah. there for a week. Right. Exactly. I couldn't do that. And this was uh, early season still. Just a grass field butting up to a bean field. So I set up 10 dozen dive bombs and just sat in the beans. And then, lo and behold, a two-pack flies right by, and I called him in and landed him into the spread and checked him for bands. There were no bands. You know, and I'm just – and they're just walking around the decoys for, like, 25 minutes. And I'm just like, okay, there's no bands. I don't want to clean geese, you know. I've already got plenty of geese already. And then the woman starts screaming, Shoot him! Fucking shoot him! <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> All right, I got—I almost forgot about the bet. And then I just popped up out of the beans. One, two, three. I missed my second shot, and then I crumpled it on the third shot. And she comes running out, and she goes, "There's no fucking way! I did not think that was gonna happen! <laughs> oh my god! What'd you say, Bushlight?" She goes, "I'll leave him over by the barn next time you're here." I was like, "Perfect." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, so yeah, I just think it's hilarious when people say you need full bodies. Of course, there is a time and a place for full bodies, but do you necessarily need them every time you hunt? Absolutely not. No, and I would say, too, it's super convenient to be able to bring out, like, 30 full bodies to mix in to, like, a spread of 200 silos. Totally. Put the full bodies into the kill yeah. hole. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's super easy. I, I love the simplicity of silos amazing especially too we get a lot of fields and like this year with like all the rain you that are walk-in only yeah you know so like walking into fields with uh a hundred full bodies that's uh not gonna happen no, that's yeah. crazy it's terrible so being able to just bring in you know a bag on everybody's shoulder of silos is uh is super super awesome. Well, yeah, and the dive bomb bags are so nice to carry in. Yeah. They're not bad whatsoever. So, say you're hunting with five guys, each guy's carry each guy carries a bag, five dozen a guy. That's twenty five dozen. Twenty five dozen. 
I think you'll kill geese with twenty five dozen. <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. So and they're affordable. Very affordable. That's the thing. It's not like buying full bodies, which is such a topic. It's so annoying to oh me, my dude. God. How just starting to just starting to goose hunt? Okay, let's buy A, B, and X because they are a great looking full body. Two hundred and twenty nine dollars for six of them. Yeah, but how <laughs> are you much more fucking an, me? How much more annoying though is the resale? Like guys selling used decoys and they're like ten dollars cheaper. Right. Dude, you hunted these for well, I bought them six years ago. Two years. I hunted I got these six years ago and six I got them for two twenty nine a six pack, so I'll sell them to you for two fifteen. Yeah, what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's I actually, robbery. I actually have the fourteen dollars for the brand new ones. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Oh my god. And then we got Okay, next qu- next question, right? Next question. Um, why haven't you come over to Wisco for a honker smackdown? That's my buddy Noah Werzer. So when I used to, my cousin Anthony would, er, my cousin Anthony lived in Eau Claire because he went to Eau Claire. And I would go there and party with him for a weekend. And I would talk to Noah and he'd be like, oh, dude, we've got a great spread set up. So I'd party all night, wouldn't get any sleep. I'd rehydrate. Be sober enough to get out to the field, help these guys set out, and then we just smash honkers in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. <laughs> and it was awesome. So, Noah, um, maybe when I feel like driving three hours to go shoot honkers, maybe that's when I'll go do that. Okay. Let's see. Decoy spread slash flagging and calling. Kind of just touches on what we were talking about with dive bomb. But A little bit, yeah. Um, I think what they're trying to like, I mean, I don't know. They're trying to. It's a pretty tough question to just like, unless you want to talk general. forever. Yeah, very general. Why don't you start us out, Cal? Yeah, I mean, decoy spread's going to sort of just depend on kind of the situation of the day. Obviously, um, it's going to have a lot to do with weather. Uh, so I'm yeah. I mean, here. what's that? You having a little trouble? <laughs> no, I mean, he's it, tired. Yeah, I'm very tired. <laughs> it is definitely going to depend on, though, the weather. Uh, I mean, if you have a strong wind or a light wind, um, if you're going to have a lot of sun, not a lot of sun. Okay, um, you're just giving us the runaround right now. So, can I take over? Go ahead, dude. Okay. So, <clears throat> decoy spread slash flagging and calling. So, in my opinion, calling is the most important thing when you're goose hunting. So, if you can get two two to three guys in the field who can call, you're set. You can kill birds over 30 decoys or 300 decoys. Yeah, and get your buddies to learn just how to do some basic stuff. I mean, you don't need guys out there that sound like Joe Heinz and Joey Vassallo all the time. But if you got one of those guys and then a bunch of guys that can cluck and moan really good um, and mix in, that'll be really, I mean, you can be really successful that way too. Watch our team calling video to learn how. Oh, my God. <laughs> you sound like Shameless a radio. plug. You sound like a freaking radio announcer. That's what I'm trying to do. My name is Connor. Okay, so. Buy uh, our merch. Also for flagging. So last week, I've been hunting out of a panel blind just because I can leave it out in the field and come to it whenever I can. So like if I have an hour before sunset, I can just run out to my spread real quick over a field where a lot of geese are trafficking over and run into it. What I've noticed in the last week is we've had a lot of migrators, and so obviously what you want to do is flag to bring them in and show them that you're there. So what I've been hunting out of is a tilled-up bean field, and the reason why I set up there in the first place is because there was snow on the f- on the field, so it was all white. So obviously my decoys will pop really well on the on the white, of course, right? Naturally. So then the sun melted the snow, and now my decoys are kind of blending into the dirt a little bit. But when I drove, when I went to go take a shit at the gas station and come back, I was surprised by how well they actually popped in the dirt. Granted, it's beans. Are they a little more yellow than anything? Yeah. So whatever, whatever. Um, When you're flagging out of a panel blind, most of the time your decoys are about 20 yards away from you. So if if the geese are anywhere near you and they see you flagging, yeah, bad news. You're bringing the attention to your blind, and then they can pick you out easier. However, yep. referencing Scott's um, scale of one to ten video about how he was talking about if the hides, if you have a really good hide, you can set your decoys all around your your blinds, right? Yep. 
So, like, in that situation, I think it's okay to flag all the way until the geese are there, you know, to center them up to where everyone can get a good shot. But in a situation of the panel blind, where you're 20, 30 yards away from your decoy spread, you're just giving away where you are. And they can kind of pick out that it's not real. Also, to reference Scott's video, too, in terms of a spread, uh, on high wind days, you'll notice, and this is if you scout a lot, you'll see it, too, but um, birds are going to stick a lot closer together. Um, cause they're trying to basically like get out of the wind by hiding behind each other essentially. Um, and then another thing too, is they're all going to point into the wind. Um, and on then, a high wind, right on a high wind day, on a low wind day, you'll see like a lot of spreads are more sporadic, not so tight, you know, as far as like the birds sitting right next to each other in huge lines and groups. Um, it's like a wider spread. Yep. And they'll be facing all different directions. Those are some good points. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you and Scott on that point. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next one. We got recipes and how you guys like making the food. Perfect. This is definitely Cal's area. Yeah. Joey, <laughs> here's what Joey does. And actually, well, the way <laughs> I've, I'm not kidding, I've seen Joey kill a bird. Rip out a breast, take it, put it in a pan with butter only, and then cook it and just eat it. <laughs> and that's it, dude. It's so, free. Huh? It was free. No, mm. I paid so much money for all the gear and the ammo. <laughs> no. Uh, so, I mean, I get a little more creative. So there's a lot of options out there. Um, I love duck crostini. Explain to everyone what that is because yes, we're please. not all as bougie oh, it's so as you. Amazing. Actually, you love that shit. No, I love it, but yeah. it sounds bougie as shit. It, it so it why does, don't you yeah. explain? What you is duck exactly crostini, Cal? So okay, this is amazing. Take notes. You get baguette bread, <laughs> like French French bread, not Italian. You, whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. say, dude. No. Whatever, dude. <laughs> And uh, you take that, you put it in the oven with a little bit of garlic salt and some butter on it. Let it crisp up a little bit. And in the meantime, you take your duck breast, cut it into essentially like inch and a half by inch and a half chunks. And you put it in some orange duck sauce. Cook it on the stovetop in a pan. So saute it so it's medium rare. Cook a little bit of onion, just very light saute on it don't you caramelize it i don't oh okay some people do you can the onion um but i just really quick saute it um like a minute honestly and then you just take your baguette spread a little bit of goat cheese on it or cream cheese for some people goat cheese goat cheese is way better but is the bomb is amazing holy shit or like garlic and herb goat cheese bopping back and forth dude you take your take your baguette a little bit of garlic and herb goat cheese and you put your piece of duck on there drizzle a little orange duck sauce one or two pieces of onion bam duck crostini it's on crostini real that'll make anyone who's like you shot this if you cook it like that and put it in front of them, they will have to eat it, and they will be amazed. Yes. <laughs> Duck is actually a pretty good, like, choice meat. Duck's amazing. Honestly. Pretty lean. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you take the fat lean. off of it, it's one of the leanest meats yeah, in the animal kingdom, actually. Super lean. I mean, I do like venison more, mainly because I have more of it, but and because I can cook it better. But duck is like, is, it's notes. up there. Take notes, Connor. It's definitely up there. Another way, too, that's really easy that a lot of people do is, like, poppers, like jalapeno poppers. Yeah. Which are really good. It's a common one. Joey has a good kind of alternative. When we when you came over for, we were doing some stuff on the Traeger, and you were, uh, uh, wrapped it up in bacon and then basted it with just whatever. Baste me like a chicken. Yes. <laughs> Take baste down us. the smoky Euphrates. Take me down the smoky <laughs> Pretty much one of my favorites is one that my dad taught me is, you know, everyone wraps their duck in bacon. However, what that does is you get really inconsistent temperatures of the meat. So, like, your bacon will be black 
and then your duck will be rare instead of medium rare or your duck will be raw. So what I do is I is I cook the duck on one side, I sear it on one side essentially, like half cook it, and I base whatever sauce I want to put on there. So it's either orange duck sauce or Thai Ling duck sauce is my favorite. Otherwise, plum sauce is also very plum good. Plum sauce is bomb, but Thai Ling duck sauce is unreal. I can't find it anymore, dude. Uh, I think you can get it on Amazon. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm about to splurge. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So, um, you sear one side of the duck, then you take it off of the grill again, then you wrap that thing in bacon, then you smear your duck sauce, plum sauce, sweet and sour sauce, whatever kind of sauce you want to do, and then you put whatever kind of rub you want on top of that. And so what I've been doing since our, we got all that Traeger stuff, what I, what I have been doing is tiling duck sauce or plum sauce and then throwing on summer shandy rub. That Tra- yeah. Traeger makes, oh my god! Yeah, that shit is yeah, dude. so Ugh. oh. God. Plus, the other thing is like the way we did it at opener too with everybody last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. Good. I mean, all I was doing was basically taking the barbecue sauce or whatever the hot and spicy sauce from Traeger Sh- and sriracha, I was, sugar lips sriracha, whatever. So good, so good. And I was just rubbing like basically like whatever, putting it on the the pieces that we had cut up and then from there i was just sprinkling dry rub on it mm-hmm. so like i like to mix like rubs with sauce it's just so yeah. good mm-hmm. um sure. and it's crazy it's so funny because when i moved to rochester for college ricky he would go there to he would go to b-dubs and order something called dirty bird wings and what it is is it's uh it's teriyaki wing sauce on on wings and then they roll it in Cajun dry rub. Oh, and shit. it's amazing. Sounds good. And that sort of reminds me of that, like the way we're doing it on the Traeger a lot. Yeah, and it's yeah. like unreal like that. So for me, the, in my opinion, one of the h- more harder um, birds more to... Harder. More harder. The hardest. Yeah, more hardest. Difficult. Er, more difficult. More difficult. Holy shit. Go there ahead. you go. Thank you. Tired. Anyway, um, one of the harder birds to prepare is the Canadian goose. It's Canada goose. Whatever. <laughs> the Canada goose. Mm-hmm. Them Canadians. Yep. Yep. And honestly, um, the high mountain seasoning brine is what I use for that. I asked our, our boy Brian over there, high mountain seasonings, and um, on what to do. And he just said, take a gallon of water. Dump that brine in there and just dump as many breasts in there as you possibly can. Just let it soak in there for like 24 to 36 hours. Holy shit, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. But it tastes good. I always brine all my duck and geese as is. In and what? I don't, I don't always use the... Uh, do you use a brine or do you use just like... I home make brine because all brine is essentially is water mixed with sugar and salt hmm. of, of some kind. So... So, yeah, so, like, my brine, I literally just do water, sugar, salt. That's it. It works, people dude. use brown sugar, too. It works. When you dump that stuff out, but, it is, like, it's, like, you know, it's red because it's gotten all the meat or all the blood out of it. Yeah. So, I have, like, a system. So, like, if I'm going to cook it, when I get it, I let my duck sit in water, like, cold water in the fridge for, like, three hours i thought it was milk i thought you used milk so so hold on okay (laughs) so and i i vacuum seal all my meats so i just go in water and then i drain it and then i vacuum seal it and then i freeze it but when i take it out of the freezer Mm -hmm. then it goes into milk for like three hours and then from the milk then i rinse it and then it goes into brine for like 12 hours wow and then in the brine for like 12 hours coming straight out of there that's when i'm Prepping it and cooking. Jeepers, your your meat is getting soaked. But here's the thing, though, dude. Time and time again. <laughs> but, bro, by the time you're out of the milk, which takes a lot of the blood out of it, and then the brine, which adds a lot of flavor to the meat, mm-hmm. it's unreal. Yes, it is. So, but, yeah. I mean, we could talk about this forever. That's yeah. the biggest part, though, is I can't say how many people have told me, oh, I don't like to taste a goose. I don't like to taste a duck. And the biggest thing is cut it up, cut the breasts up in smaller chunks, throw that into a Ziploc bag or a bowl, and soak it in milk. 
and that takes out the gamey taste. It takes yeah, if out you're the, lazy the blood. and you don't want to brine it, just put milk in it. Put okay, it in milk. Connor's dog literally just shat on the floor. What are you talking about? It is burning my nostrils right now. She's been laying here the whole time. Hey, man. <laughs> either it's shit or it farted. I do not smell anything. I don't smell anything either. It's two feet away from my face. Whatever. So. <laughs> I'm moving to the other side of the couch. <laughs> but that's, that's the biggest game changer that I found in... Uh, cooking wild game and fish even is yeah. soaking in milk. You have it to takes brine out it. the nasty dude. Thing. I don't like brines though. That's <sighs> the thing. I only like whole. You milk. do like brine though because you don't you don't know because I've I've done it, it a lot oh, for you. You don't brine know and you loved it. I like milk better. No, I I, I do milk too. You do brine and I milk? I milk it for like two hours, then I rinse it, then it goes in brine for like twelve hours. I just brine. That's so too much work. So amazing. <laughs> That's too much work versus doing you can milk just twice. brine it. I think brine is way better than milk, but whatever. Because brine adds flavor into the meat. That's the whole point. You know, you're adding those salts and sugars into the meat. That's so much better than the milk. <laughs> but whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so those are our favorite ways to cook duck and goose. Let's shift to this. Uh, let's go with our just the tip of the week. Ah, just the tip. Yeah. We had a zero nope. submissions for um, we the had, jingle. We had no <laughs> jingle submissions. So as of right now, we have no jingle. But Connor, I think, is going to give us his tip this week. Yep. And if you want to, you know, submit your jingle submission, you got a good shot. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody else did. But anyway, so my tip is a travel tip. I was gone this week, obviously. That's why we were talking about that. And Joey is waving away the air because of the... So-called fart that I think right, is just his feet. You were, you were gone. Anyway, I was gone. I was in Florida. My ch- my tip is a travel tip. Um, when you're on the plane and they come by with their drink carts, you know, um, and they say, what do you want to drink? I uh, My tip for you is going to be ask for the can of yep. whatever you're, yep. you're doing. This is, you super, say, this is super important. Yep. So you say, oh, I'll, I'll have ginger ale. Um, or but but you don't just say I'll have ginger ale because then you're gonna get a cup with a bunch right. of ice or whatever. You say, "Can I have a can of ginger ale?" And then I they I give say you the whole thing. I say, "Can I get ginger ale?" And then once they pour it, start pouring it into ice because I want the ice in the cup. Then I say, "Can I have the can too?" <laughs> and then they give me the can. So then I have a can and a cup with ice. That's super crucial. It is a very important tip actually. Yep. Can I can I add to this? I. I'm going to disagree with you. Um, always get alcohol <laughs> on the plane. No, doesn't matter what yeah. time it is, get alcohol. And my so. normal go-to is a Bloody Mary on the plane. So, so clearly Joey hasn't left his partying days. So yeah. for that, though, <laughs> for that, and I, I don't know. Flying. I haven't tested this more than once, so I don't know if it's completely accurate. But I took a screenshot. So I like um, I was able to get like a coupon or whatever for a drink beforehand. I took a screenshot of it. And so that when it's like hmm. scanned, it doesn't actually like register in the app that it's scanned. And so then I showed the screenshot to the lady and she, she scanned it. She gave me my drink or whatever. And after I got off the flight, it was still there. So, so that's the real tip. I don't know. I don't know that, either though. Because that's, I don't know if that's going to work. scan it on their end, it removes it. I feel like it. I haven't tried it like again. That wouldn't make sense though. Yeah. It's the same barcode. I feel like that's not just the tip. That's the entire thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll you know. see. If I'll try works, it again. Let then you that's know. the whole thing. Someone try it. Let us know if you get on a plane again before Connor. But I think that it wouldn't make sense because it's like going to a, a concert, right? Right. With a barcode ticket and they scan it. I can't just like send someone a screenshot now. So, but in the app, you have to say like, "Are you ready to use this?" And you say yes, and then it says like complete transaction. You have to press the complete transaction button, and they they scan the barcode in the middle of that whole thing. I don't know. And so, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just didn't disappear. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And so, if, you know. You'll have to try, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to try. Yeah. So you could get two free drinks on a plane. Connor will let us know. Yep, I can. <laughs> and your Jack Daniels or Bloody Mary or whatever you want. Whatever you want. But Bloody Marys are bad. I want it all. <laughs> yeah. I want all the <laughs> alcohols. Oh, my. <laughs> don't ever laugh like that again. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one more. I'm so sorry, guys. Why are you like this, dude? <laughs> there was one Why more. Why are you the way that you are? This is a real. <laughs> Blame my father. There was one more that was really cool. Um, here it is. Oh, there it is. 
people pulling their weight and how that affects getting yes. invited back. Yes. That's a super good one. Okay. That is you want me to start or one. you want to go? I'm no. going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go. <laughs> um, if I invite someone out to one of my spreads for the first time and they are 100% like, hey, man, where do you want this? Where do you want that? Or you say, hey, this is what we're going to do for the spread. And they just start throwing shit out. They just start doing the decoys. They start brushing blinds. They just start, they just say, hey, what do you want done right now? That is 100% how you get invited back. So helpful. Or just how you don't have people think you're an absolute clown. Yeah, I mean, if you're out there and you're with a bunch of people that are like working their asses off to set up something and you're not helping, what kind of person are you? Well, it's like, I don't want to be your guide. I'm not getting paid for yeah. taking you out, so why am I doing literally everything myself right now? That will not get you invited out again. If yeah. I'm if I'm like, hey man, uh, you're just kind of standing around, just literally with your hand in your pants, fucking brush your blind or something, because there's always something you can do before sunlight. So it's like, come on. Yeah, and I would say too, if you think people don't notice, they do. Trust me, I notice. Everybody, 100%. anyone who's actually out there that's like working to get stuff set up, they notice. They know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they know if there's a thousand decoys in a field and two of them set up, you know, 800 of them, they know. For sure. So, yeah, that's super important. And actually, you and I had that, like, had a conversation about that, like, in the very beginning. You know, tell. like how important that was. To tell. Well, I mean, it's just, it's like when I first started, I think part of it too is like you, you don't know necessarily like what, where everything goes. And so you, some of the time I feel like, you know, in the very beginning, I was kind of just trying to like stay out of the way, like just cause you don't exactly know like what you want when you say you want a spread that's tight with a long, you know, fingerling off the end and this and that. Like, you don't really know exactly what to picture. So you kind of just, like, don't want to screw it up either. But, you know, obviously very very early on, you explained to me, you were just like, dude, if you, like, don't know, that's okay, but you have to, like, just contribute you have to contribute like you have to be a part and and it wasn't even just like it wasn't like me and you were just talking about us because i think it was specifically about a hunt with like a bunch of people and your frustration about how you felt like you were doing kind of everything and i know obviously like you know you come when you start hunting a lot you start to understand a lot better so it becomes a lot more like second nature like okay we want to set up the spread like this i know exactly what we're going to do i know what to do but it does go notice when people like contribute a lot. I've always felt like Jake Molnar, like he's like super ready to like do anything you need him to do, you know? And he doesn't just sit on his ass. Like you won't catch that guy sitting down until it's time to shoot. Right. Well, and everyone in a hunting group has like their niche, right? So like there's, there's a guy you invite out because he's a good caller. And then there's a guy that you invite out because he has a shitload of decoys. There's a guy you invite out because he has a quad. There's a guy you invite out. So Joey's just using everybody. (laughs) No, no, I'm just saying like everyone. Except for the guy with the flag. So like, so like Gavin, right? He's the guy who has a lot of the spots and then he has a lot of decoys. He's just my friend. (laughs) Oh, my God. Damn, make me sound like a complete dick. (laughs) I just like him. Right. Uh, He's going to be an usher in my wedding. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But he, uh, you know what I mean though? It's like, some guy has like a hedge trimmer, so like he's gonna be running his hedge trimmer to get grass for all I the see blinds. what you're saying. You know what I mean? So it's like some guy has four extra layout blinds because he's a guide during the season. So like he's supplying the blinds or whatever, you know. So I don't know. So it's like contribute to the hunt for sure. Whether it's you putting in legwork, you're getting the spot, you're the caller, you're the guy with the decoys, you're the guy prepping everything or legwork again but you know there's just always something to do like there's no reason for you to just stand around and just yak it up with the extra with the other guys you know well i would say too like like last weekend we brought nathaniel like he's never done this but he's like so i just take this and i can just throw it like over (laughs) there like and you're like yeah man that's fine you know like he's like attempting to like contribute obviously Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day we were picking up he's leaning out of the boat grabbing decoys Yep. You know, he has no idea what the difference between a Texas rig and a Texas rig is or, you know, but you're just helping. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you're not expected to know everything. Just kind of like it's like being at work, you know, at a new job and just kind of having a hustle. You know, like don't just stand there just because you don't know what to do. Just like try to do something. Well, and you know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm going to say this. But when in doubt, scrap out. Yep. If you don't know what to do next on the job site, make sure you're doing something. Yep. So when I was in construction, when I first started out, the guy goes, hey, bud, I know you grew up and your dad is Rob and everyone knows who Rob is. But if I see you sitting down or not doing something, I swear to God, I will kick you in the ass so hard. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do next. I'm brand new to construction. He goes, when in doubt, scrap out. When in doubt, scrap out, motherfucker. Go. Go! And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, okay. Okay, God. Sorry. And that just essentially means, like, everybody, when they're working, obviously, there's garbage all over the site. There's cutoffs everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is just, like, referring to construction. But if you're Scrap. standing there and you don't know what to do, there's garbage somewhere that your team threw on the ground that needs to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, there's always something you can do. Just like today, uh, Zach and I are throwing in a window, and... I'm throwing in a piece of trim around the window and he doesn't know what to do next. And I'm like, Hey man, you know how you're literally standing there watching me do this. You think there's something you can do instead of just sitting there and watching me? He goes, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, when in doubt, scrap out, start picking up garbage. I'm literally standing in garbage. Start picking up shit. He's like, okay. And for the next 20 minutes, he was picking up garbage. And then by the time we were done installing the last piece of siding around that window, all the garbage was cleaned up and we were ready to go. And I'm like, fuck yes. So it's just yeah. same thing in hunting. Mm, if you scrappy. find yourself standing there, even if there's nothing to do, those blinds could use a little bit more blow. Always, uh, always, a little bit more, always a little more brushing. More grass. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah. Do we want to go into our wor- "You're the Worst" segment here? Does anyone have a "You're the Worst" of the week? I feel like the last ten minutes was like a giant "You're the Worst" to the people that don't help. <laughs> Well, they're sort just of. never going to get invited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're never going to get invited again. But. I think Joey has a year of the worst this week. Mm, I don't think so. No? I don't no? think so. Oh, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so on my flight to Italy, um, there's plane etiquette. You know, so like say there's three seats on a plane, right? You have the aisle, the middle, and the window seat. And each has their own perk. The aisle seat, they get a little extra leg room to put their legs in the aisle when there's not people walking, right? And then they put all their weight on the left armrest. The person in the middle is the shitty spot, right? So he can sprawl his legs out side to side like mansplaining. He can do that or manspreading, whatever that's called. Yeah. We can do this a little bit, spread out his legs. And then the person in the window can lean up against... The wall of the plane, the hull of the plane, if you will. So as I'm flying to Italy or to Germany Please in the, in the eight-hour flight, I'm in the middle, <laughs> and this very oversized Perfect. woman Are you man put up her put up her armrest, and now her rolls are going into <laughs> my section of the <laughs> of the deal, and naturally I'm upset. <laughs> and I go, hey, uh, and this is me just trying to beat around the bush because I'm going to have to sit next to this woman. <laughs> this is me having to sit next to this woman. This is the very beginning of the flight. Her armrest is already up immediately oh. because it's making her uncomfortable because she's overweight. Not my problem, right? Mm-hmm. So she puts up the armrest, and we haven't even taken off yet. And I'm like, hey, uh, they, they asked for our trays to be up, our seats to be up, and that our armrests are down. So I don't want to get yelled at. She goes, well, no. And I'm like, but we have have to do that. (laughs) And she's like, well, it's uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So so 20 minutes into the flight, I'm sick of her body touching my body. (laughs) And I go, hey, you need to put this armrest down now. I don't want you touching me. And she goes, you don't have to be such a dick. And I go, there's plain etiquette. And I raise my voice. There's plain etiquette. Stay in the realm of your seat. If you go past the seat, that is not okay. We are on this flight for eight hours. Do not do this to me. And she goes, and she called me a dick or something. And I go, okay. And I called the flight attendant and she came over and she made her put her armrest down. So 
Did you not? You're the worst. <laughs> you fat piece of shit. You're the worst. Oh, the worst. <laughs> That's our new button. So just remember plain etiquette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good one. Well, I will. I'll take that um, and go to grocery store etiquette. <laughs> the I'm so excited. The individual who, or let's go. Let's start with the family. The family that is walking slowly through the aisle. Dad's got the cart on the right. Little kids on the left, and you can't get around them. And you know what you want, but they're just slowly kind of meandering down the aisle. Mm. That just irks me. And then you got the, you know, the wife that's just kind of standing, and they park their cart on one side of the aisle because they have to look at the other side of the aisle. Of course. And then they stand in between their cart and the other side of the aisle. So So the entire aisle is taken up with their being and existence. <laughs> and I can't stand it. Ugh. And then there's the... So today, and the reason that this came up for me is... So I was everybody at, at the grocery store that worked on <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, what the... F- I was at Costco, <laughs> and I didn't want to be rude, okay? Like, we're heading towards the door. Everybody's moving. I didn't want to be that guy that, like, jumps ahead of the other guy that's just walking really slow because he's old, right? But lo and behold, old little dude that's crouched over, he starts booking it past a cart that's in front of me that is yet another slow family that can't move faster than a turtle. And <laughs> before you know it, you know, it's 30 minutes before you're out, out of Costco. All right, Connor, I'm going to teach you a trick about life. Yes. So grocery shopping can be really shitty. Right, mm-hmm. because of all the things you're explaining. So I'm going to teach you how to grocery shop really fast. Okay? Okay. When you go into the grocery store, never walk your cart down the aisle. Huge mistake, dude. I park my cart at the end of the aisle. I zip my ass down an aisle. I grab what I need. I go down the other aisle. If I need anything in that aisle, I get it. And then I go back to my cart on the end cap of the aisle, and I throw my shit in the cart, and then I walk to the next aisles. It will change your life, man. Mm. If you're trying to walk down an aisle with your cart all the time, and there's other people with their carts, and they're looking at the other side of the aisle, standing in the aisle, this is when grocery shopping becomes a huge pain in the ass. Yes. So you walk in, you park your cart at the end of the aisle, you walk down the first two aisles, you grab your cart, you go to the next two. You never bring your cart down the aisle, dude. Here's the thing, though. I don't shop at Aldi. So the store is like huge. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I've been to Costco. And it's not huge enough where you can't leave your card on an end cap. Dude, that was such a slam. <laughs> I, yeah, I love all these, <laughs> dude. Whatever. I don't shop at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Because Costco's got better quality. You enjoy it. <laughs> hey, man. No, that, it that is, is better quality. duly noted. And I okay. and from, yeah, I, from I will do that. You will do that, yep. won't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, mm-hmm. Don't act like it's not a good piece of advice. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Just so that Take everyone notes. on the podcast knows... Cal is forever the master of anything to do with food. <laughs> anything. He's done extensive research. I'm very domestic. Food shopping, food cooking, food eating. Yeah. <laughs> eating yep. the really food good eating especially. The food All right, here's my year of the worst of the week. It's really simple and easy. If you're somewhere and there's a bowl of party mix, nuts, assorted anything, and you sort through them to get what you want with your hand, you're the worst, dude. You're the worst. Oh, <laughs> that, that did not work. <laughs> oh, my big toe didn't hit it right. No, it try did to get. Try to I mean, that is the worst though. I absolutely hate seeing people with a little thing, and with a little plate, and they're sifting through to grab because they they only want peanuts. They don't want macadamia nuts. Joey, the sound effects are still going. Okay. Oh, it was still going. Yes. All right. Oh, now you're good. You're the worst. Oh, the worst. So now you spent my entire year the worst arguing about how you could press or not press a button. Hey, anyway. we heard you. We heard you. Good. Mix Dude, nuts. I am that guy. Don't unmix the nuts. I know you are. I knew it when I was saying that. I knew it. I could tell <laughs> by looking at you, you're that fucking guy. And I want to punch you at every party. I'm like, hey, uh, if you want mixed nuts, they're called mixed 
nuts. You don't just pick out the fucking almonds. What if I want M&Ms out of the trail then mix? Then guess what, bro? You get all the fucking trail mix on your plate. <laughs> then you pick out the, the M&Ms and you throw the rest of the shit away. I don't want you to fucking touch every peanut I get with my trail mix. <laughs> but I don't want the raisins. And you're the worst, too, because <laughs> then by the end, it's just a fucking bowl of raisins. Or a bowl of macadamia nuts. I don't even know why they put those in mixed nuts. Nobody fucking eats macadamia nuts. Nobody. I, I do. Shut up, Joey. You're the I worst. And you are the you're the worst. You're, you're the example of this stupid thing. You are the worst. No one eats macadamia nuts. And you know what? Stop putting fucking raisins in trail mix, dude. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes the raisins. That's Nobody likes true. macadamia nuts. That's not true. I know a lot of people <sighs> like raisins. I do. T- I actually like raisins, but if they weren't in trail mix, I would never be like, where's the raisins, man? I wouldn't give a shit. You didn't eat those little red boxes of raisins? I did eat the little <laughs> sun-made red boxes of raisins or whatever the hell <laughs> Wow, you even know the brand. I don't fuck with <laughs> That is totally the brand. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, my well, point being- You just have a wealth of knowledge. My point food. being, if mixed nuts <laughs> never contain macadamia nuts, and if- <laughs> And if trail mix never contained raisins again, I'd be fine with it. And people would have to, st- we wouldn't have to do this fucking, you're the worst. So you know what, dude? You're the worst. Oh, the worst. Oh my gosh. This is Thanks. too good. And here's uh, the thing. Thanks cow. for joining us for another week of Midwest Flyways Uncensored. Make sure you check out our Instagram and our YouTube at Midwest Flyways. Midwestflyways.com slash shop. Midwestflyways.com slash shop. Get yourself some merch. Winter's Snow's coming. coming. Snow's coming. We Pretty need the soon. snow merch. All that white stuff is going to look really good in the field. So check it out at MidwestFlyways.com slash shop. Thanks again.